okay, 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 okay. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's been, what, a month, maybe more, since my last podcast. Okay, I'm aware. I'm aware. Sorry about that, folks. But, you know, duty calls. How you doing this fine March morning? This actually... So, so how are you doing this morning, my happy innovators? How have you been for the past month? Have you missed me? Probably not. That's okay. I understand. I'm just a, uh, just a voice in your ear every once in a while. I hope, right? Thank you for that. You know, thank you for listening to this podcast, if you are right now. Because it's very important that I have people listening. And it's a motivation, right? To keep on talking. And, uh, you know, it's been an interesting month, to say the least. Uh, I'm sure at this point, you know, uh, everybody that's listening to this podcast is aware of the coronavirus, you know, everybody's talking about that right now. It's just, you know, everywhere you look, you just (laughs) can't, you can't look at anything right now, especially online without it being touched somehow by this coronavirus that's uh, causing so much trouble uh, all over the world, really. And, uh, you know, at first I was kind of like reluctant to talk about it because it's just like what everybody's talking about. But I, you know, I kind of figure sometimes anyway, with the Singularity podcast, um, it's kind of like a mile marker for me, like in time when I look back on old episodes and I see what they're about and I know what I'm talking about and has a date stamped on it and I can kind of, you know, uh, kind of like catalog time a little bit better that way. Does that sound strange? Probably not. You probably know what I mean, right? At least I hope you do. It's not that complicated, right? Um, But, uh, you know, I got to tell you, last night, uh, okay, as you know, uh, I, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, uh, you may or may not know, I guess, um, that I've been getting into hockey a lot this past year, maybe the past couple years now. And, uh, you know, I'm following the Boston Bruins and it's a lot of fun and I look forward to it very much. You know, it's an exciting game to watch and it's, you know, I could go on and on about it, but my point is, is that last night I found out you know in the midst of all this coronavirus stuff that's happening right now they have canceled the rest of the Boston Bruins season or at least postponed it until a later date because they don't want large groups of people getting together uh, you know and trying to trying to halt the spread of the coronavirus and You know, up until that point, to be honest with you, I hadn't really cared too much about the coronavirus. But, you know, I I just, you know, well, we'll get into that. But, you know, I really 
look forward to these hockey games and you know we're starting to head into the championship right now and the team I'm rooting for is at the top of the heap I mean they're the best team in their conference and you know I've watched every single game and just been really kind of invested in it and it's a lot of fun uh, it's a great way to kind of unwind at the end of the day and stuff and um, you know they postponed the season yesterday and I was like you know what that's it that's the last straw I'm gonna have to talk about the coronavirus you know and uh, I have so many things to say about this I have so many thoughts and some of them I can share and some of them I probably shouldn't but um, I am not uh, comfortable let's say or yeah that's a good word I am not comfortable with the situation heading in the direction that it is, you know, with this, you know, pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I'm not exactly sure what's really going on here. That's kind of how I feel, you know, and I've been thinking about this, you know, I mean, how could I not? Right. I mean, it's constantly being talked about and every day. There's like a new story and people are dying, supposedly. And, you know, all this stuff. And, oh, you know, it's like a it's a wilderness of information and misinformation. And uh, we live in such a stupid time. You know, we just do. We just do. And uh, people are just going off the chain with this thing, man. It's like, it's crazy. And I know, I know that you know what I'm talking about. I know it. Because it's in your life too. It has to be, right? I mean, it's everywhere. And you know what? It reminds me of... Back in the day, back in the time of 9-11, when the Twin Towers came down, it reminds me of that time, um, that kind of mood. And I have thought about that since it happened. I mean, I have analyzed it, you know, the whole 9-11 thing, and just thought about the time and what happened and what the climate was like, you know, socially and politically at that time. Um... I mean, it was unavoidable. It was on you, you know, Uh, especially here in the States. I mean, it was palpable. It was every day. It was at the, you know, the the front of the news stories. I mean, it was the story. It was everything. And then, of course, the conspiracies and all those things that kind of like rippled out for the next 20 years and continue to ripple out. You know, um, I won't get into all that, but I guess what I do want to talk about is that zeitgeist, you know, and that was actually the word that was being thrown around at that time. I don't know if you remember that, but I do, you know, the spirit of the times. And uh, when I go back in my memory and I think about 9-11 and I think about that time, you know, the one like resounding thought or after all the analysis that I've done on that situation, as horrible as it was, because it was absolutely horrible, okay, 
Whether it was real or fake or conspiracy or not, it doesn't matter. It was bad. Okay, it really was. Um, but what was even worse than the actual 9-11 event was the spirit that seemed to descend on at least America at that time. And I don't know what it was like in other countries, but I'm sure it had an effect. It had to have. And when I think about that spirit, okay, that descended on America at that time, probably for the next, I would say probably eight years after that, like right up until the housing bubble happened, you know, there was this mood in the United States and it was uh, in every community and with every person, you know, um, of fear and paranoia and dread. It was just a bad time. I mean, I don't know if you remember it all, but I do. You know, they had the color-coded, you know, danger level thing that they were doing, you know, um, you know, because we were like in this heightened state of, you know, uh, vigilance because of terrorism and all those kinds of things. And, um, You know, it was just really heavy, and we were, like, inundated with it, and it was in our lives, and everybody was kind of uh, reflecting that mood, like, with their personalities. It was everywhere, you know? Um, And it was bad. It was bad. And it was the worst time, probably. I mean, at least in my lifetime, anyway. It was the worst time uh, for America, you know, from my country that I love, okay? It was absolutely the worst period of time. I mean, people were just so weird about it, and it was so, you know, hyper uh, vigilant and sensitive and all that kind of stuff, you know? It was, like, just a really bad time. And then, of course, you roll into that, all the politics that was happening, you know, a lot of the social change that was happening. And it was a pretty rough go for about you know, eight or ten years here in the United States. And then, you know, like everything else, it kind of like faded away a little bit. You know, we got back to normal. They stopped doing the fear thing, you know, a heightened level of fear and the color-coded, you know, signal like that this is how fearful we should be. You know, they stopped doing all that stuff. Uh, Of course, it was the implication of homeland security and all that kind of stuff. And then you had all the people that were truthers and, you know, preppers. They started to kick into high gear. And I mean, it was massive change. It was a wave of change. And it was all due to the spirit, at least from my point of view, it was a spirit that as like those towers came down you know, not to be too corny but as those towers came down the twin towers at the world trade center uh so did this spirit it came down on the people and uh it faded away but uh it took a long time and i've thought about that you know i thought about that a lot um there was a show that came out on hbo at that time I know this doesn't sound that they're connected at all, but in my experience, they are. Okay. 
there was a show that came out called The Sopranos. I'm sure that you are familiar with The Sopranos. It was a magnificent show. It was uh, television done in a way that it had never been done before. You know, fantastic acting and writing and just, you know, uh, you know, a show based on what? Like mobsters and stuff like that in New Jersey. But really, they hit so many things with that show. You know, about the human condition and the human experience. And um, it was so much more than just like a mobster show. It was actually more um, uh, comedy, you know. Um, It wasn't as serious as The Godfather or, you know, Scarface or, you know, it wasn't like that. It had moments like that, right? I'm assuming that you've watched The Sopranos, at least an episode or two or something. Uh, If you haven't, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about things that have to do with The Sopranos. So you can tune out right now if you want. But um, my theory, okay, my theory about The Sopranos, and there was another show too, it was called The West Wing. Um, The Sopranos were on cable. The West Wing was just on regular television here in the United States, but I'm pretty sure uh, maybe The Sopranos, more than The West Wing, um, was a global TV show. I mean, people were watching it all over the world because it was great, okay? Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about that. James Gandolfini and uh, Edie Falco, those, those two actors, oh my gosh, we as an audience had never seen anything on that level before and we probably won't ever again um but my theory about this just hear me out okay is that the sopranos that show that show in specific a little bit of the west wing too but mostly the sopranos was kind of like a bomb for america like over that wound of 9-11 Like, it was a form of escapism for many, many people. And it actually helped Americans in some weird way, like, at least the ones who were tuned into it, okay, uh, get through that time because it was such a horrible time. I mean, the mood in the country was crazy, okay, and... I gotta say, you know, it's much like this wave I'm feeling now with the coronavirus. It's like that spirit may have, like, laid dormant for a while. It went away for a while, but it's back now. And it's in full swing, you know? And, ah, like, here we go again with this crazy, weird, overreacting... You know, just everybody just flipping out here, at least in America. But, you know, it's not just America. It's not. I mean, this time around the the fear factor, the paranoia and the craziness is global. You know, it just feels like there is something being like rolled out right now. You know, it's just it feels that way. Like, um, 
not manufactured, but like, you know, okay, okay. There is a thing, you know, a term that you may or may not be familiar with. It's called disaster capitalism, okay? And if you remember a few episodes back, I talked about Enron. It was the episode called The Smartest Guys in the Room, or The Smartest Men in the Room. It was one of my podcasts from maybe six months ago or something. But I was talking about Enron and how the guys at Enron had figured out a way of making money off of doing those uh, rolling blackouts in California where they were playing with the power grid, like shutting it down and turning it back on. And when they did that, they would get, you know, they, they found anyway that there was a, it was a source of revenue. Like they made money off of that somehow. So these dudes were like, you know, doing it all the time and making money all the time. Meanwhile, these people in California are suffering and people were dying and all that kind of stuff. But it's a term called disaster capitalism. It's a way of making money, I guess, that someone has figured out, you know, some mastermind of economics and some geniuses got together and they figured it out that if they have a tornado, they make money off that. Or if they have a hurricane, there are ways to make extra revenue off of that in the periphery and it's not even really obvious you know it's not an obvious thing like we don't even think about it right because we're busy living our lives and doing what we're doing like surviving right living so you don't pay attention to the fact that you know when there's a hurricane you know the companies that make bottled water they have figured out a way to make money off of these disasters like I said um, you know when there's a massive snowstorm you know they sell more shovels you know uh, and so on and so on you can apply it to literally any kind of situation like that where there's a disaster now the question comes in okay and this is where the conspiracy theorists go crazy right And that's part of the problem, too, right? Um, But they'll say, okay, they're manufacturing disasters, you know? Um, And, you know, they figure out what to invest in and, you know, where to put their money so that when that disaster comes, they'll reap the benefits of that disaster. Now, that sounds strange and crazy, but... This isn't my theory. You know, this is a theory, you know, very highly credentialed, uh, highly educated experts on economics. Like, this is a fact. Disaster capitalism is not just like a theory or something. It's a reality, right? So, I'm not saying that I think that the coronavirus is that. Okay, I don't know. It hasn't played out yet, okay? We're, like, just in the very beginnings of it, but just 
to me, in my opinion, it has a whiff of suspicion. You know, it's weird. It's got that kind of weird that certain other events in the recent past have had. You know, it feels political. It feels economic. Something's up, you know. That's my take on it. I'm not sure what. I'm not making any claims here. You know, I'm not talking like that. But I am thinking that way a little bit, to be honest. It just has that kind of weirdness to it. You know, like uh, like I said, something's up. This is weird. Uh, it doesn't feel organic to me. Something's weird. And when it gets to the point where they're like, you know, they're shutting down like the NBA finals you know, the seasons of these sports teams are ending right now you know, or postponed until this passes. And, uh, you know, there's travel bans starting and cities are shutting down and quarantining, you know, self-quarantined. Oh, oh, it's so weird. And, you know, another thing, too. Okay. And, uh... And I, I'm kind of, I guess, not completely through this thought process yet, but uh, I'll talk about it because, uh, you know, I have to. Um, I've been kind of noticing that um, for my wife, you know, it's very different for her. Uh, life is anyway. She's uh, around people all the time. I mean, lots and lots of people, hundreds of people every day, you know. Uh, having a lot of social interaction and I am on the other side of the spectrum really where I spend most of my time alone most of my time in the studio doing my thing so um, and as I've said before in previous podcasts you know I don't have a smartphone I'm totally just like not dialing into that stuff and unfortunately for my wife it's a little bit different She kind of has to. She has to be connected. She has to be available. And I do not. Okay. But when my wife is home, you know, she's not one of those people who's living on her cell phone. She does not live her life through her cell phone. Okay. Uh, We turn off. We tune out. And we go off into another direction than everyone else does for the most part. And we're not alone. There are other people who agree with us and they are practicing, you know, this kind of self-control with smartphones. And, you know, they're not strapping it to their head all day, you know. It's not in our face all day. But the point that I'm making is for a lot of people, okay, uh, because, you know, my wife and I are like outnumbered. You know, there are more people who are strapping that smartphone to their head every day and and just living their life through their phone, okay? Now, on a normal day, in a normal circumstance, a normal social or political climate, you know, they get what? Uh, Texts from their friends, they get news, they get, uh, you know, uh, reminders to watch this or watch that, they... You know, check their grocery list. They get coupons. They do all this stuff like through their phone. But, but in a time like right now, 
when something like the coronavirus is happening and the news cycle is just absolutely inundated with only the coronavirus, okay? Now think about this. Think about it. You spend the whole day, normally, on your phone and talking to people and doing all those things and it's it's a part of your life. It's a part of your thought process. It's affecting your mood and all that stuff on a normal day. But then when you have a circumstance like this and the, and the coronavirus just kind of like covering or filling up everything on that phone and you can't look in any direction on the internet without hearing or seeing something about the coronavirus. Now, if that's getting dropped into your cycle every day on your phone all day long, you're hearing all day long. I mean, I'm not talking about some of the time. I'm saying all of the time. Your whole day becomes consumed with the coronavirus and what I'm noticing is is that the people who are on their phones all the time are freaking out about coronavirus. I mean, they are at such a heightened state of fear. Okay? I mean, it is... I I gotta say, uh, even in lieu of 9-11, okay, this is different. I mean, this is worse. Okay? I mean, people are terrified. They are terrified. They're flipping the script. It is crazy. I have never experienced anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, it is just wow. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to really think about it because it's all just getting started, you know? But uh, it's friggin' weird, okay? It's weird. Let's admit it. It's pretty... It's very strange, isn't it? And, oh, I go back to that thing I say all the time. Like, oh, we just live in such a stupid time. Like, what if this is all an overreaction, you know? What if it is? And, And what if it's not? Okay, I have to concede to that point of view as well, right? Like, what if this is really, like, the most serious thing this planet has ever seen? You know, like, we're in trouble, maybe, maybe, right? But I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's a whole lot of overreacting, you know, reactionary, (laughs) you know? Not a whole lot of real logic and, you know, control and... Um, prudence and temperance you know it's like this the the people that I'm seeing (laughs) are flipping out they're going crazy I mean we went to the grocery store the other day to buy groceries and (laughs) all the Clorox like disinfectant wipes are gone you know Uh, there was still some bottled water there But, you know, all the toilet paper was gone. You know, I I don't know what that's all about either. I got to talk about that because it just confuses me. And it's kind of funny, right? Like, why is it, at least here in the United States, it's probably the same in other countries too. But here in the United States, when there's like some kind of 
disaster or something, like people, the, the general population, for some reason, feels the need to buy toilet paper and water, usually, but toilet paper. And it's like, what is that all about? Like, you know, in a crisis, is toilet paper <laughs> like that important? Is it like at the top of the list of priorities? Like, you know, I'm going to be crapping a lot. Uh, I better get some toilet paper, make sure I have plenty. Like, that's what they're worried about. Like, that's so strange to me. Like, people fighting over toilet paper, like the last roll of toilet paper at the grocery store, you know? This is no joke. I mean, this is reality. <laughs> I just don't understand that. You know, I don't. You know, it's not like they're like fighting over the last light bulb, you know, or uh, food, you know, water I can get. But toilet paper, what the hell does that have to do with anything? It's hilarious to me. But like I said, the other night we we're at the grocery store and, you know, coronavirus is, you know, the fear has hit the masses. And oh, my gosh, you can't find toilet paper. <laughs> Don't worry, we're all stocked up, but I'm sure you weren't worried, and we weren't either. Um, it's toilet paper. Uh, but uh, I could say, who gives a shit? Well, that's kind of funny, isn't it? Who gives a shit about toilet paper? <laughs> See that? See how I can play with words? What a talent I have. I'm a poet. Um, so, I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. Enough toilet paper talk. Um, you know, but it just speaks to that whole, you know, craziness. And uh, what is concerning to me, really, is that this is only the beginning of this. Hopefully it won't be the kind of thing that goes on for too long. Hopefully it will fade away like, uh, you know, like all the other kind of disasters that have emerged over the past 20 years since 9-11. But um, I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misjudging the situation. I have to kind of be, you know, objective, right? We all do. But we don't have to kind of like flip out and go nuts and like start, you know, hoarding and... <laughs> You know, ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, we live in such a stupid time. We do, you know. I guess my suggestion would be if you're one of those people who really does live your life through your cell phone, man, you've got to learn to turn it off because if you don't, you're just going to be consumed with this paranoia and fear. You know, it's like it's unavoidable. You know, it's unavoidable. It's Pavlov's dog, you know. Uh, if you're constantly hearing about it all the time, all day on your phone, you know, it's going to have an effect. It's going to change something in your brain. You know, it's going to make you afraid. And, oh, jeez, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I suppose I've spoken enough about it. I'm sure you understand my point of view. And, uh, man, you know, I hope that this stuff just passes. I hope it will. 
I mean, George Harrison was right when he said all things must pass, right? I'm going to get a sip of my coffee, so hang on. Mm-mm-mm. On a more happier note, you know, I got a uh, a new coffee mug, a Fiesta Ware coffee mug. Actually, two of them. One is yellow and one is green. So my A mug, black, is kind of like on the shelf for now. And then that special coffee mug, you know, the one my wife bought me, yeah, that's kind of like going in the archive too. So I got these two new mugs. I saw them at the store and I'm like, okay. I need to have those. So I bought them. And, uh, yeah. So I'm going to take another sip. Hang on. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. I love coffee. I love coffee. It tastes so good. And it makes me feel good. Anyway, so, you know, I could talk a little bit. Because I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could talk a little bit about some music, right? You know, and kind of talk about why I've been gone for a month. And it's like, uh, you know, I just really kind of... uh, Well, I guess two things happened simultaneously. Okay. Um, The last episode I did, the last podcast I did, was the 75th episode. And, um, you know, I got a thing for numbers. Okay. And you remember Snowflake 33, and then I had like 33 episodes. And uh, with the Singularity podcast, you know, I hit 33, I hit 55, and now I'm approaching 77. And at least in my mind, the way my brain works, like 77 is going to be a special episode. Like I, I would be disappointed in myself if I didn't do something different and interesting And uh, when I finished that 75th episode, I kind of thought to myself, okay, I have 76, right? But like, what am I going to do for 77? Like, what will I do? And I came up with some ideas and stuff. So part of the reason why I haven't released a podcast was because I was trying to make some decisions about what 76 and 77 would be. Um... You know, at least in my mind, I have some kind of grandiose uh, ideas about what will happen with 77 and beyond. Like, what changes will I make? Because uh, 77 is a, you know, a milestone kind of thing for me, right? Um, well, it's the most episodes I've done, right, with a podcast. And um, when I started this thing a while back, I, you know, you just don't know. You don't know how long you're going to do it or whatever. And uh, I certainly haven't lost the desire to talk to you. Uh, It's just, um, I like to be creative and thoughtful and uh, like things to have meaning, right? So look for something special with the next podcast after this one. Um, I have some ideas. I have some things I want to talk about. There's one particular story I want to tell. It's a pretty good one. So stay tuned for that next time. But um, in this time I've been away, I've been working on a lot of new music and I'm kind of a little frustrated really because um, it's like, okay, I had a process, okay, I had a process of songwriting that I had done, you know, I had done it that way for 
well, really since I started writing songs and recording them at home. And uh, just over the past year, you know, I've uh, got some new equipment. Uh, you know, things changed in my sphere, you know. I got some new tools. And uh, what I noticed was that uh, my process began to change too, which is interesting because it wasn't anything that was governed by me, really. It was governed by the equipment and the possibilities. So I'm in a situation right now where I've never been here before, okay, where I have like maybe eight or ten songs, okay, that are all in various stages of being completed, okay, but um, some more than others, right, but I'm working on them all like simultaneously, and I've never done that before, really, not to this level where I have, you know, eight or ten song ideas that are all cooking, you know, at the same time. So, you know, the older you get, you know, the more difficult it is uh, with your neuro pathways, you know, to take on new processes. It's harder to do. And uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I can feel that, you know, it's kind of uh, uh, mentally painful a little bit, like challenging to have uh to have eight different pies and have a finger in each one of them at the same time, it's kind of a little overwhelming. Uh, you know, uh, my bandwidth is pretty good in my brain, but I'm definitely opening up some new spaces in my brain. Okay, so um, I just kind of got to the point right around episode 75 right around the time I was preparing for 76 and 77 uh, I came to this point where I was so frustrated with myself because yes I'm working on new music all the time but nothing's getting done you know like finish something you know come on Mike come on finish something quit working on 10 things at once you know quit adding on new things just finish what you got finish something so, for the past month, you know, I've been really kind of trying to do that. You know, get a little more organized, get a little more focused on one thing. Go ahead, Mike. You can focus on one song and finish it. And that has happened. And I'm happy with my progress, but it, it takes time. You know, it takes time. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's... Uh, it's... I'm not, I'm not, okay, I'm not uh, as proficient, I think, as I used to be. I think I have reached a point where, at least with my songwriting and production and all that kind of stuff, I've reached a point where um, I take longer and I focus more and I've evolved enough and learned enough where I'm actually doing things better, but that means doing things like slower. And, you know, the age thing comes into play too. So, I don't know. Um, you might be an artist, musician, person, creative person who's around the age of 45 or 50, and you might kind of understand what I'm talking about, you know? Um, 
but maybe not. Maybe I'm just weird. That's certainly possible. Um, I'm the king of weird. At least I hope I am. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's why I disappeared for a while. But you know, it's just one of those things. Also, too, there's another thing I want to say. I almost forgot. Um, I told you a couple episodes back that I was having issues with distribution and I was switching companies. That whole process is completed. So, uh, if you're looking for my music, you can find it again uh, for sale for the people who buy it. Because there are people who buy it, and there are a few, more than I ever thought would be, buying it um, rather than just downloading it for free. Um, you can find it on TuneCore and all the platforms that are associated with TuneCore. And uh, uh, that was done probably a couple weeks ago. It was a little bit of a process, but it's completed. It's there. Um, up and running. Um, let's see, what else? I'm doing a lot of cover art because I'm going to be uh, releasing a new... Uh, actually, it... <laughs> is funny <laughs> oh, I just there's not enough hours in a day man you know for me but uh, I realized um, you know of course as I'm writing all this new material working on these new songs that you know I never released the third CD for PC3 Escons I never released officially the PC1 Escons album and I never officially released the Pipe Choir Escons album I had cover art done for everything. Remember I was talking about that, how Amazon had changed all their stuff. You know, if you wanted to make CDs, hard copy CDs for people, because there are still a lot of people who buy those and are into those, and I'm one of them. Um, But anyway, Amazon had changed their thing, and, uh, you know, I got frustrated with it and uh, just said, screw it, and just, you know, I'll just release it online. Well... You know, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm cool with that. I can handle that, at least for now, until I find a CD replication company that I'm happy with. I can handle just releasing my songs and stuff on uh, the internet for download, okay, and streaming and stuff. But um, I released the PC3 Escons Volume 1, Volume 2, and I never released Volume 3. And so I have started the process you know, simultaneously of preparing something to release as the uh, Escons 3 for PC3. So if you're a fan of Escons 1 or 2 from PC3, you know, the long songs and all that kind of stuff, well, you got something new coming down the pike. You know, you got a, a new disc for you or a new bundle of songs for you with that. And I also have the Pipe Choir album, you know, with through the storm and children of the sun and all those songs um i have that coming and i also have the pc1 stuff which is more acoustic kind of quieter rock songs or alternative rock songs so that's coming also too i mean this is all happening at the same time um i am going to be starting uh well i guess i can explain that a little bit Hmm. okay um with this new music that I'm working on, the new songs, okay, uh, the the new album, 
which does have a title, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna say it here. I'm gonna surprise you with it. But I've been mapping it out. So here's the deal, okay? I have all these new songs that I'm working on. And some of them are like really heavy. Some of them are really kind of pretty and quiet. Some of them are long, like 15 minutes long. Um, You know, I'm really kind of like all over the place with what I've been writing. Okay, the new songs I've been writing. And some of the songs I have are older songs that I'm revisiting with my new equipment, kind of updating them, you know. Um, uh, And... You know, I got this big, huge mess of songs. Some of them are this and that and the other, you know. I'm like, what do I do with this? I was talking about this a couple episodes back, I think, where I'm like, what should I do? Do I do I make one album, you know, one really long album of like 30 songs, you know, and they're all different. Like the first track is really you know, chilled and peaceful, and then the next track is heavy, and then the track after that is peaceful, and maybe a spoken word bit, and that kind of like, do I make it this big art odyssey, right? Or, or, do I do what I normally do, which is split them up, you know, here's the album of long, chilled out songs, here's the album of heavy metal, hard rock songs, and then here's the album of you know, just songy songs, just normal alternative rock songs, you know, something like that, right? Um, so ultimately, I think I've decided to do that. Now, I do know, I promised, or at least my plan was, to release a video for each new song. But I think I had to kind of recalibrate my expectations a little bit because uh, what I found was happening was. Uh, the videos that I was trying to make for each song were dictating when the music would be released. And to be honest with you, I can't keep up. I can't do it that way. So what I've decided to do is not release a video right away for every song. What I'm going to do first, okay, is just release the music. Because, because, because... It's really all about the music, right? It's not about videos. It's about the music. That's what I do. So my final decision, I guess, at least right now, okay, is that what I'm going to do is I'm going to release like three new albums, but they're all going to be titled the same, but they'll just be different volumes. And, you know, like I've explained, one will be, you know, chilled out, peaceful stuff, kind of ambient music. One will be hard rock, heavy metal on the like, other side of the spectrum. And then the third album will be something in between, you know. And um, it's kind of cool. Like I had the idea and I have been actually working on it, putting it together where, uh, you know, I'll have uh, the song Division that I released. I have three videos for it, right? Well, I made another version of that song for the second album. And then I'll make another version of that song for the chilled out ambient Honest Wave album, right? So some of the songs will be, some of the songs, not all of them, some of them will have a version like on each album. And some of them won't. Some of of the songs will only be on one album. 
I, I figured I'd kind of play around with that. Like whatever idea I come up with, like let's say I write a new song, it's a alternative rock song, you know, um, somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, I might reimagine it, right, and make it a heavy song too, or maybe not. Maybe if it, if I'm not feeling it or it doesn't sound good in its alternate form, then I won't release it. It depends on the song, so I'm not going to say every song is this. Every song will have three versions. No, this time around it'll be like you'll only get the best of what I have, not some mandated, mapped-out rule that I have to follow. It'll be kind of a little more spontaneous this time, a little bit more creative, at least I think it is. I'm very, very happy with what I've got so far. I mean, i got to finish them, right? All these songs that are unfinished. But I'll tell you this, okay, I'll tell you this. My hope, okay, is that when this is all said and done, when this album is, this album cycle, you know, this this writing process is is finished, okay. My hope and my suspicion is that it will be like, while running the risk of sounding like a real dork, okay. It'll be like my seminal body of work. It'll be the synthesis of all the things I know, all the things I have, all the tools I have, uh, all the skill that I have learned, okay, it'll be the culmination of all of that, okay, so that when this process is finished, when these albums are finished and released, when you press play, you will be getting only the absolute best of what I can do and what I have to offer for better or for worse. Okay. But, uh, I do feel like from the people who I would consider fans of my music, right. Um, it will be to them. Okay. This is my hope that to them, they will get that, you know, that when they listen to it, when they press play, the songs are rolling into their ears, you know, they'll say, this is the best work he has done. I really, really do feel that way. Okay? Not just with one song, or not just with one album, but with all of it. Okay? Um, I do feel... Uh, I do feel, I believe, that I am right now, okay, making the best music I've ever made. There's no question about that. I know, I know, I know. Artists say that all the time. You know, this last album we just released is the best work we've ever done. No, no. I'm telling you, I know my subject matter pretty well. And I've got some songs that are just like, whoa. You know, that's not braggadocio. That's like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, I listen to some of this stuff and it's like, oh, I'm so excited about releasing it. But I got to make a video first, you know, like, forget that. Like, oh, no, no, I am not going to allow that anymore. The video thing is not going to dictate when I get this music out. It's That's a failed logic. You know, it's stupid. It's a mistake. So I've corrected that. And now 
uh, you know, I'm getting the cover art together, the the title of the the work. You know, what am I going? What's it going to be? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be? <laughs> what is this? And I'm getting that together. The songs are getting wrapped up. Uh, you can look forward to that because I look forward to that. I can't wait. There's a couple of tracks in particular where it's like. You know, I'm going to talk about them, I'm sure, in the future. But it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, I've had a couple of moments where it's like, I can't believe I wrote that. And I'm not even bragging. I swear to you, I'm not. It's like shock. I'm like shocked. You know, I got this one idea. Wow. One in particular that stands out where I won't say the name yet because the name is rad. It's just, it's so, it's such a great idea. But this song came like, in like one day, man. Like in one day. And, oh my gosh. Okay, I won't talk about it anymore. But you can look forward to that. It's coming. I'm working on that. And that's really why I was gone for like a month. I'm like, I really need to buckle down and really kind of, start finishing some of these songs so that I can start releasing them and uh, it's become a priority for me even more than the podcast and you know all the other stuff that I'm doing and uh, so I'm excited I, I, I am I'm frustrated because it's not done yet but um, I guess that's natural and it's motivation right to get the show on the road like let's go you know shake a leg finish finish and release you know that's my motto finish and release then make videos somewhere down the line you know but uh so there you go oh see what happens when i don't talk for a month i just give you a whole hour like bam i could probably keep going but i shouldn't i shouldn't um as i have explained you know i got a lot of stuff to do Got a lot, a lot of stuff to do, but uh, it's worth it, folks. Trust me. I promise you, I promise you that when you hear in, you know, the finished work, you will not say it sucks, okay? You might not like it or whatever, but you're not going to say it sucks. It doesn't suck. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, and some of it's pretty damn good. So, um, enough of that tooting my own horn. But, well, I guess this is where I would do it, right? My podcast. Um, So I'm going to go. But uh, until next time, folks, you know, just take care of yourselves. Try not to be too paranoid and flipped out about this coronavirus thing. And you know what? If you find yourself like in that kind of situation, like emotionally or mentally, turn off your friggin phone. You know, because they're just going to keep ramming this coronavirus thing down your throat. It'll be all you hear about. It will consume you. And don't let that happen. And don't be one of those people who's a reactionary, you know, and gets terrified. Of course you're not that way because you're a happy innovator. You're smart enough to know that, uh, you know, even if the situation is dire, You know, even if it's really as critical as they're saying it is, you don't have to, like, you don't have to go crazy. You don't. It's not the end of the world. It's not Armageddon. You know, it's 
a crisis, uh, you know, motivated by what? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Time has a way of kind of uh, revealing the motivations and the secrets and the things. Why we experience what we experience. Time does have a way of showing us. Uh, have faith in that. Yeah. Maybe pray a little bit too. Especially for the people who maybe are really getting sick and really dying. You know, you gotta consider that too. It's not all conspiracy all the time. And, you know, Alex Jones. You know, it's uh, there's some reality too. There's some reality too. But uh, that doesn't mean that you have to be consumed by it. Live your life. Laugh, smile, have fun, because life is good. You know, don't don't be drawn into all that paranoia and fear. So, okay, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, my happy innovators, uh, if you want to keep what you got, you got to give it away. <laughs> and you might have to turn off your phone. <laughs> ah, yeah. Until next time, folks, take it easy. Okay, all you happy innovators who stuck around for some music at the end of the podcast. I got a track I'm going to share with you today in honor of my new coffee mugs, my yellow and green coffee mugs, um, my new go-to coffee mugs. And because I love coffee so much, um, I'm going to share with you a track I did, an instrumental piece called Coffee and Time. Um, I guess... When I wrote this track and was working on this track, my motivation, my thinking was like um, kind of reflecting on the whole idea of the podcast and how I talk to the happy innovators and we talk about coffee and, and it's kind of a funny tongue-in-cheek thing and uh, um, I had done this track, uh, Coffee in Time, for an album, PC3 album that I was working on. And uh, it's called Music for a Weary World. I released it uh, probably back in 2017 or 2018. And uh, there were three volumes. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I did the third volume of that one either. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I had volumes one, two, and three. I have so much music. I don't. I forget songs. Okay, I forget that I did songs. That happens. Um... um so, uh, Coffee and Time, it was, uh, I believe I was working on uh, a series of songs, um, ambient, uh, you know, Honest Wave, the 15 minutes or longer. Um, although I am considering changing the definition of Honest Wave, I'm starting to kind of evolve with that idea. It's starting to 
become more refined. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, so yeah, here it is. It's a song called Coffee in Time. Chilled out track. Uh, really experimental kind of uh, ordeal. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. Be safe. Have fun. Live life. And take care of yourselves. All right. Peace out, everybody. Take it easy. <laughs>